this whole series has been about growing up spiritually. I believe that's what our church is about this year. And, um, and I want you to understand, growing up spiritually, you've got to be intentional. It's not just going to happen. You don't grow by just standing or sitting or turning up. You grow by deliberately making choices. I'm going to grow this year. I want to grow this year. And so the book of Ephesians is a great book. It's one of the letters that Paul wrote to the church from, from prison in Rome. It's called one of the prison letters. In other words, he was in prison and he wrote a few letters to the churches. One was the Galatian church, uh, Galatia. And he, that was a correction letter. It wasn't really a, a letter. The Ephesians letter is interesting because they weren't doing anything wrong. It was more about perspective. And that's why I really love this letter for our church. Because Ephesians starts with the foundation. This is who you are. This is what he's done in Christ. And you are a masterpiece. In all of the things that God has created, I'm telling you now, you are His masterpiece in Christ. In other words, that's the finest of all the work that He's created. NASA Knight right now is going nuts over finding a black hole. I don't know if you follow NASA on Instagram, but I do. And they're going crazy because it's amazing. But the point is, it's still not defined as a masterpiece. You are if you've been created brand new in Christ. That's worth saying amen to. And so he goes on, he says, now you know who you are. Now you know who God is. You know what He's done for you your foundation. He says, basically, you've got a calling on your life. Now live up to it. Don't go for comfort, go for calling. And it's amazing how when we realize that the call of God is on our life and that we're going to live a life full of purpose and calling, it's amazing how it can help you with your decisions and the choices you make. But then he goes on, he says, now you're in the church, wherever you've come from, now, this is how you're going to get on relationally. I mean, what makes a church awesome is that diversity actually decides to actually get on with each other. It's called walking in love. It's called choosing to forgive. And I just think any relationship is going to have an element of sorry. It's just not really cool if you're saying sorry every day. I mean, I've been married 25 years this year to Joyce. And if I spent every single day saying, sorry, Joyce, sorry, Joyce, sorry, Joyce. It wouldn't really be an indicator of a great relationship. But I tell you straight up, what's built our marriage is not the absence of sorry. It's that I've not been scared to say sorry. And I learned earlier on not to say sorry, but. I'm sorry. However, <laughs> I learned to just say sorry and that's it. I take full responsibility. Joyce has never had to say sorry, so... That's the way it works in marriage. So let me keep going on. And, and, and he kind of says, now you're in church, marriage, relationships, children, parenting, working or being the boss or working in a company. This is pretty much how you, you need to think about your relationships in these capacities. And then he goes on, he says, now you know all of this. For you to advance, you're going to have to put on the full armor of God and do everything to stand no matter what comes your way. And that's really the spirit of what I really want to continue with today is that God has given you and I literally His armor to wear as we advance in spite of all the hostility and all of the spiritual warfare that can come with trying to advance. See, listen, a church that doesn't want to advance doesn't need to worry about the armor. A community that doesn't want to advance doesn't need to worry about the armor. 
A people that don't want to do anything don't need to worry about being attacked. It's the ones that want to advance and take back ground that the enemy has taken. It's the ones that say, hey, I don't want you to have, get your stinking hands off my children in Jesus' name. Get your foul hands off my children. Get your hands off this and get your, I don't know about you, but there is an enemy and he does seek to kill, destroy and he he wants to distract and he wants to discourage and he wants to stop us being who we're called to be. And so you need the armour on if you're going to move forward. Forward. No one goes to war in the nude. Unless you're a Spartan, but that was usually when they were training. I'm trying to help you understand. This armor of God is spiritual, it's not physical. And so let me give you again um, an understanding of these things. And it says this I want to read from Ephesians 6. It says, Put on the full armor of God that He provides. Then you will be able to stand and when it's all over, you'll be still standing. So don't, so stand up and not be moved. Wear the belt of truth around your body. It holds everything together. Wear the breastplate over your chest, which is being righteous before God. Wear shoes on your feet, which are the good news of peace. Most importantly of all, you will need to use a shield of faith in front of you, protecting you as you advance. This is to put out the fiery arrows of the enemy. The covering of your head is that you have been saved from the power of sin and punishment of sin. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and you must pray at all times as the Holy Spirit leads you. So these are seven aspects to the armour of God. And today I want to highlight in the time we've got left is the sword of the Spirit. In fact, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is only actually mentioned here in Ephesians, nowhere else. And so it is unique to the context of what Paul is trying to say. So let me help you understand the Word of God has been likened unto a sword. And so just as a way of reminding, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. So obviously Paul is using the armour here of a Roman centurion or a Roman soldier. And one of the things a soldier had, a Roman soldier, was obviously a sword. And it makes sense because, let me give you some perspective, the sword was used by a Roman soldier as both an offensive and a defensive weapon. It was used to protect and to harm. It was also used for practical things in everyday life like chopping wood or hunting for food. So in other words, it was actually very useful. In other words, how can I simplify it for you today? The Word of God is very useful. The Word of God is very useful. It can help you. In more ways than you get, I just want a husband. Word of God can help you. How can it help me? It says, be patient. (laughs) A Roman soldier was trained on how to use the sword to get maximum protection and also to cause maximum damage. As followers of Jesus, it makes no sense to be followers of Christ and to have no capacity to use a sword. If you follow Christ, you've got to begin to learn how to pick up your sword, the Word of God, And you've got to know how to use it, not only to protect you, but you've got to use it on how to advance. And I want you to understand that God's Word is not just for the pastor. It's not just for the holy few on the front row. The eager beavers, the early adopters, they haven't got a job, haven't got a marriage, haven't got kids to raise kind of people. It's excuses. Now, when you become a follower of Christ, you've got to realize that God has given you the capacity to be trained 
in how to use the Word of God. And so obviously it was a useful thing. It was a double-edged sword, and so it could cause a lot of damage. And you've got to know when you pray, you can cause a lot of damage in Jesus' name. You don't like the things in your city. Well, good pray to, pr- place to always start is to pray, to believe for lightness, to come where there's darkness, believe where there's corruption, that it will be exposed in Jesus' name. Where there's corrupt real estate agents in Berlin, pray in Jesus' name that these plans and strategies and these greedy tricks that companies and, well, people who work for companies try to do, you just believe that that's going to get exposed in Jesus' name. Amen. That investigation journalists, they actually are powerful at digging their nose into things that no one wants them to dig their nose into, but they can do a lot of good things, but they can also cause a lot of harm, especially to things that are corrupt. So I need you to understand, this is not just a holy Sunday. It's about getting things in perspective. It's about making choices. It's about realizing the wisdom of God is going to help me do more and go further than I ever could. And God's Word is His wisdom. And so the sword is useful and it's powerful. It can protect you, but it can also advance if you want to go in terms of a direction where there's hostility. You've got to know how to take out not physical things, but spiritual things. There's a Bible verse that talks about Daniel in the Babylonian Empire where he was praying to God for an answer and the angel of the Lord Gabriel literally was able to come and it took, I think, 21 days or it took an amount of time for the angel of the Lord to come and assist the prayers of Daniel. And, And the angel turned up and said, it took a while to get to you because on the way to getting to you, I had to fight the prince of Persia. I had to fight this king and this prince. And if you don't understand these things, seriously, I want you to understand that there is a spiritual world and there are a lot of spiritual principalities that work against the dominion and the kingdom of God. And so the Word of God is powerful. And so let me give you some thoughts about the Word of God. God's Word will build and strengthen you. God's Word will build and strengthen you. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says this, There's nothing like the written Word of God. For showing you the way of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us the truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are built up and strengthened for all that God has for us. Through the Word of God, you are built up and strengthened. Amen? So the purpose of the Word of God ultimately is to reveal Jesus He is in every book of the Bible. You know, right now, one of the synagogues, the big synagogue in Berlin, the Jewish people are celebrating one of the most profound stories of their story, and that is the book of Esther. Right now, today, but Jewish people, maybe you're here today, maybe maybe those others have gone to this synagogue today, but this weekend is the celebration of what Esther did boldly on behalf of the persecuted people of God. And so I love that our story is intertwined with the the stories of humanity, amen? And so anyway, the most important thing is you've got to understand God's Word would build you and it will strengthen you. And um, the purpose of the Word, like I said, is to reveal Jesus. And ultimately, that is how God speaks to the world today. He used to speak through the prophets. He used to speak through the the Scriptures, the, the Torah. But today He speaks, like Hebrews 1 says, through His Son, Jesus. You want to know what God thinks about you? Look no further than Jesus. How much does God love me? Look no further than Jesus. How much is God on my side? Look no further than Jesus. What does God think about me? 
What does he think about Jesus? Amazing. That's how he thinks about you. Well, I just really struggle to write to my heavenly father because my father wasn't really nice to me. No, 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 no. You do not go to your heavenly father direct. All humanity has to go to the father through Jesus. Oh, but that's my problem. Exactly. Jesus is the great doorway and he's the great barrier. It's the wisdom of God. Humility chooses the doorway. Pride sees a barrier. And that's why growing up spiritually this year, that you've got to make a commitment that I'm going to be on a journey of humility. Growing up spiritually is committed to that. We need to consider what the Bible says about the Word of God. The challenge for trusting the Word of God in a 21st century society. What's the challenge of trusting God in the 21st century? Well, I believe we live in a society that considers the Bible as repressive or irrelevant for today. In other words, we don't need God's Word for our lives. We can think for ourselves and we can advance our lives and society without God's Word. You may get that word secularism from it. The attitude has influenced every area of our lives, family, parenting, education, politics, government, entertainment, arts, business, medicine, science, innovation, and so many more aspects of our lives. And I'm not anti, 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 anti that type of approach. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a for the things of God. But we need to understand that if we think that we can, again, the spirit of it, well, I'm a free-thinking, a free capable individual. I can self-determine my own life. And I, I don't need God. I don't need His Word. I don't need reference points. I, I, I'm actually capable of doing that. Listen to the language. Listen to the tone. That's not humility speaking. That is the very fragrance of pride. And it's in every aspect of society. Elitism. Superiority. I'm better than you. I know more than you. Instead of sharing my secrets, I hold on to them. Why? Because they're the things that divine, de, uh, define me and the things that I can use as leverage above you. I know things you don't know. And you've got to remember the fragrance, the language, the tone of this. It may sound intellectual or appealing or almost you know, uh, enlightening, but the truth is it lacks wisdom. Because wisdom is to go to God. And so I need you to understand these things. The challenge of trusting God's Word in the 21st century, the challenge for 21st century believers to pick up their sword and to know how to use it the right way has never been more important. And that's what this series is about. It's learning that the armor of God, God's armor on your life, over your life, is going to help you to be better than you could ever imagine. Help you to go further than you can ever imagine. So, well, I've been in church 25 years and I never knew this. It doesn't matter. Today you're hearing it. <laughs> it's not too late. It's not too late. But I just want you to understand that the attitude we live in today, that we can do this without God, is not going to get us any further forward. It's actually going to hurt us. So it is a time for the church to rise up. We've got to stop playing the games of religiosity. We've got to stop bashing people up and scaring people and fear-mongering people. God doesn't use His Word to scare you. He uses His Word to build you up, to encourage you. You're going to be okay. Love never fails. See, humility 
will always choose Him. Pride will always reject Him. And so I really want you to understand, God covers you with Himself. He covers you with truth. Spiritually, maturity is, I know that I don't measure up, but I don't have to cover myself up with lies. See, pride, pride, what does it do? It goes and covers itself up with lies. I don't want you to know who I really am. I don't want you to really know the details of the contract. I don't really want you to know that I'm going to get you in, because when I get you in, I'm going to break every promise that I've ever said to you. It's amazing we live in a corrupt world. So you've got to know how to be a believer and work in real estate, but have the wisdom of God. You've got to be able to work in situations where you know, I've got to go to God for this in Jesus' name. And if things break, you know that it's not the end of the world. You know that God's giving you a story beyond the grave. He's giving you a narrative beyond this moment. What happens if the child doesn't live? I don't know, but what happens if the child does live? I don't know, but what happens if it doesn't live? I don't know, but I'm not going to destroy my life. Why? Because God's promise is greater. God's promise is stronger. He gives me a sense of justice in the long run. You can't stop a a believer, a child of God. Why? Because God is God. You can trust Him with His Word. You can trust Him with the truth. I want justice now. But what happens if you can't get it now? Our world without God is never going to flourish. Because eventually we turn on ourselves because the narrative is a narrative of self-determination. I will walk over you for my own interests. You've got to understand this, people. I know it's not easy to hear this stuff because it confronts. But the Word of God will confront the heart of man. It will confront the human heart because we are made in His image. We were not meant to be self-focused. We were meant to be others-minded. And that's why Jesus is so important for us because He comes and reminds us that this is not about me. This is about humanity being restored. And so I need you to know the Word of God in the 21st century is not redundant. It's powerful in your mouth. It's powerful in your heart. Pick up the sword and use the Word of God in your prayers. Use it in your everyday life. Use it to sustain you. Use it to protect you. Use it to advance when there is hostility. And you know it's not the person, though you might want to attack the person. Look beyond the person. It's the spirit behind the spirit. Amen. And that's where you'll find yourself effective in Jesus' name. Amen. We need to consider what the Bible and why the Bible stands out amongst all of the books. We need to consider in the 21st century why the Bible stands out among all other books. Why is it so unique? Because it's continuity. It has a very strong continuity. It's consistent. Things that are consistent, you can begin to trust. It has an amazing circulation. It is in more languages than you can imagine. Its translation is unique and profound and it's amazing. It's survival. It's passed some of the greatest tests that humanity has tried to wipe it out and burn it and stop it and bury it and hide it and close it. But its teachings are impactful. Its influence on literature and its influence on civilization is a standalone. There's no book like it. There's no book that comes close. So let's not put it away. Let's not let get dust on the shelf. Put it in your heart. Put it in your mouth. Put it over your life. Speak it over your family. Declare it over your marriage. Declare it over your children. Speak it into the atmosphere. But I'm telling you, you cannot stop it. You will never sideline it because it is God's words of life.
to each and every one of us. You cannot stop the Word of God. It is eternal. It is everlasting. It cannot be sidelined and it cannot be talked down on and it cannot be condescended against. It is something that is unstoppable and there is nothing like it and there is no book that comes close. You need the Word of God like a soldier needs a sword. You need the Word of God like a soldier needs a sword. Hebrews chapter four, God's Word is living, powerful. It's sharper than a sword that cuts both ways. It cuts straight into where the soul and the spirit meets and it divides them. It cuts into the joints and the bones and it reveals what the heart is thinking about and what it wants to do. You need God's Word more than you need bread. Matthew 4 verse 4, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from the mouth of God. God's Word will strengthen you and it will renew your strength. Maybe you're here today and you don't feel strong. Maybe you feel like you need your strength renewed. Maybe you've had a bad report about your health. Maybe your health is diminishing or maybe there's a a virus that's trying to diminish you or maybe there's a disease that's trying to overwhelm you or slow you down. But what does God's Word say? I will renew your strength. Isaiah 40 says, He gives power to to the faint and to him who has no might, He increases their strength. Even the young can faint and be weary and young men can fall exhausted. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on the wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary and they shall walk and not faint. You've got to go to His Word if you want strength. Habakkuk chapter 3, The Lord God is my strength. He makes me like a deer that does not stumble so I can walk on the steep mountains. That deer was on the cliff edges that are stiff. One slip and it's gone. One slip and it's disaster. One slip and it could be death. And yet that deer can dance and prance and move around on the mountains and it knows how to do it. It can jump. It can do all of that. That's what the Word of God will do for you. It will position you. It will strengthen you. My Word will create a sure hold no matter what. I don't know about you, but the Word of God is amazing. God's Word will give you strength and stability and security. First Peter chapter 1, the Word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the Word that was preached to you. I cannot talk enough about the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. And I just trust that you will use it. I trust that God's people will pick up the sword and they'll be confident with it, that you will use it the right way. Don't use it to kill yourself. It's not samurai time. You're not Japanese. There's no honour in killing yourself. But maybe, maybe the Word of God will cut the ego away. Maybe it'll cut the pride away. But how does God cut pride and ego away? By attacking you? How does God deal with the ego and the pride that does need to be cut away? He does it through His Son on the cross who was cut so that you could be healed, who was whipped so you could be freed, who was sacrificed so you could live in redemption and freedom in His presence forevermore. There is no stronger picture and there is no stronger metaphor and there is no stronger story that the human story desperately, desperately needs. Pick up your sword. 
familiarize yourself with the Word of God. Read it. Get together with other people. I'm hungry for the Word. Can we have a, I I like coffee too, but let's read the Word. Come on, let's meet before we go to work. Let's read the Word. Oh, you're gonna become one of them Bible believing. Yes. Do you wanna join us? No. Don't worry what people think. It's what He says. It's what He thinks. Get your boldness back. Get your courage back. Get your convictions back. I'm reading the Word. Put it in the toilet. You might get pins and needles in your leg. It's okay, you'll recover. Put it in the kitchen. Put it where the towels are. My wife does that. You open the towelling cupboard where the towels are, the Word of God. You go into the bathroom, the Word of God. You go to the kitchen, the Word of God. You get the toast out, the Word of God. My wife puts the Scripture everywhere. But can you just acknowledge today that you can't do much without the Word of God? You can't get saved without the Word of God. You're not gonna get over the brokenness without the Word of God. You're not gonna see, maybe for some of you, you've you've suffered loss, you've suffered hardship. Maybe uh, the desire to see your children and they're not here. And that touches you every time. Why? Because it's painful. But the only thing that's gonna help bring healing and remedy is the Word of God. Because He'll tell you where your children are. He'll remind you they're in my presence forevermore. What hope does that bring? Is that idle nonsense? Is that trickery? Is that some kind of cruelty to keep people out of their pain? No, I tell you what it is. It's hopeful. It's healing. It's redemptive. It's restoring. Secularism can't give you that, but He can. He can heal the brokenhearted. He can lift the downtrodden. He can set the captives free. The good news works. Preaching and teaching shall declare the goodness of God. Use your sword. Use the Word of God. Declare it over your life. But use it to protect you and use it when there's hostility. And there will be hostility. And there will be things that will, but know the difference. Our fight is not with flesh and blood. Our fight is going to be with principalities and powers that work against the promise of God. 